this year, 2020, has been uh, very, very hard for me and my family. Um, I know that it's been rough for a lot of you as well. Um, you know, first COVID hit, and then uh, my dad passed away. Um, so Christmas this year was very, very hard for, for me and my family. Uh, my father-in-law, uh, Mike, uh, if some of you probably know him, uh, passed away 2009 in December uh, before Christmas. And um, this year my dad passed. And so we celebrate um, Christmas with our, our um, I called him dad, both. Uh, Mike, I called him dad, and then also my dad. So while we were celebrating Jesus' birth, this year, we also mourn the loss of our loved one. Um, however, because of Jesus Christ, we find hope. And we know that Mike and my dad, they are alive in the presence of God. Amen? And that is the truth. And the year 2020 is a great reminder for me to refocus my attitude and my attention on Jesus Christ, not on the circumstances in my life. Now, a lot of you probably don't know a lot of the stories about me, um, so let me share a little bit about myself um, since um, this is the opportunity that I stand in front of you so you can know more about me, a little bit about my life, okay? I was born and grew up in Thailand. Um, my dad was a pastor. Um, he, as you know, he went to be with the Lord on July 4th. Um, he picked a great day to be with the Lord, right? It's uh, the day of deliverance, the freedom, right? And I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ when I was 10. I got baptized when I was 11. Um, I was baptized in uh, a river. Um, we don't have a baptistry like this in Thailand, so we have to go in the river. Now, I, now I, th I thought about Jesus also baptized in river, right? So um, pretty close, but mine was flooded, all right? It's a flooded river. So um, we had no choice, and uh, it's, it's a calling, and you know, went and get baptized in the flooded river. Um, my parents, they opened their home to raise about 150 um, orphans and kids in poverty. So I technically grew up with about 150 brothers and sisters, one big family. So I understand about big family. So even now in here, um, if you don't know, my mom also lived with my my mom, or I call her mom. She is my mother-in-law, but you know, so we live like extended family. So that's something that we used to. We grow up like that. And my parents would take me and my brother um, to villages to share the gospel with people. Um, we live out in the mountains. So we have to we had to walk everywhere, and the roads were not paved. Um, so think about rainy season. You know, it's just really hard. You know, walking on the, the muddy roads and all that. Um, but there was hostility and, and persecution during that time. But the message of Jesus Christ must be preached in order for people to be brought into God's family. Amen. It doesn't matter about the the tough road the persecutions, the hostility. But what's more important, that people being brought into God's family. Now, fast forward in 2002, I went to college and served at an international church um, where I met 
Beth, my wife, um, she went to Thailand as a missionary as well. So we met there and got married. And um, we got married in 2007, and then we moved um, to the U.S. in uh, 2008 to attend um, the seminary, Midwestern Seminary. And then God called me to serve at Blue Valley and to be a part of this family in 2011. So currently, I'm serving as a minister to children and students here at Blue Valley Baptist Church um, at Ridgefield Campus. Now you know the rest of the story. Um, sorry, I have to keep it short. Um, I would like to spend more time in God's word with you. But at least you know a little bit about me. Um, if you want to know more about myself and my family, um, I'm willing to talk to you after the service. Okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your love that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin. God, I thank you for today that we're able to come before you to worship you. God, I pray that you will um, cleanse me, that you will um, use me as your um, instruments to speak the truth to all of us. And I hope that um, everybody will be blessed by your words today. And I pray that you will speak the truth, that you will encourage us and challenge us in many ways on how we can um, live in love and share your love to others. God, be with me. Bless the words that we read and we study together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, let me begin with the truth. Um, if you have the copies of God's word, um, let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Um, that's not the main text yet, but um, I, I would like to introduce some of the verses, kind of help us to see the, um, the structure of the sermon today. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, a lot of us probably know that by heart. Say this way, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Now we might have a question, what is that gift that we're talking about here? Is it Christmas gift? Yeah, it's the Christmas, right? It's Jesus Christ. What is this gift? Romans 5, 8, you know this. But God shows his love, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, in his enemies, while we still sinners, Christ died for us. So this is the gift of God. It's his love that he's given us, that we've seen in his, in his son, Jesus Christ. And this love leads him to the cross. Because of that love, he sacrificed himself in order for us to be saved. Amen. Ephesians 2.13 said this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, because what he did on the cross for us, we were once strangers, we were once sinners, we were once enemies of God. But now because of that, we've been brought near, we've been brought into God's family. Ephesians 2.19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Because of Jesus Christ, we are no longer strangers. But what, what are we? We are the fellow citizens. And we are also members of the household 
What does it mean? It means this, that you and I are fellow citizens, which also means that we belong to God. Amen? And members of the household of God, what does it mean? That means we belong to one another. Amen? We are in Christ. We are one in Christ. And um, this is the, the sermon that we, uh, we will study together. It's our unity is found in and through Christ alone. If you have the copies of God's word, um, I would like you to open to Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And in honor of reading of his word, I would like to invite you to stand. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So there's two points here. The first point is in and through Christ, we are being reconciled and united with God. Amen? In and through Christ, we are being reconciled and united with God. Um, look back um, one chapter, Ephesians 2, 16. Now, in Christ, through his blood, okay, he reconciled us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Now, in John 7, um, 17, verse 20 to 23, said this. Jesus prayed this to his father, and he prayed this. He said, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me, in Jesus, through their word, that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, and they also may be in us. Let me read that one more time. Jesus said that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that, you, that they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Now, he mentioned this thing twice, and it's really important. He said that the reason that it's important for them to be reconciled and that they're in us 
how Jesus Christ said that? So that the world may believe that you have sent me. And then the later part, he also said, so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as you love me. Amen. When people around you look at you, do they see Jesus Christ in you? If you said that you are one with God, when people look at you, do they see Jesus Christ in you? Do they see what you what other things that you believe or, or the money or the popularity or other things that you care about more and more? Do people see Jesus in you? Have you been reconciled and united with God? If you have, people must see Jesus Christ in you. Amen. The second point. In and through Christ. We become one body and being united with one another. In and through Christ, we become one body and being united with one another. Now, the first one was that the reason Christ came is to reconcile us to be with God, right? We are one with God. Now, because of Jesus Christ, we also one body that we are one with one another. Right, united with one another. Look at um, Ephesians 2.21. In whom, in Christ, the whole structure, talking about the church, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. We are one in Christ. Amen. Paul, um, Paul said this in Romans uh, 12.5. He said, so we, though many are one body in Christ. One body in Christ and individually members one of another. We cannot be separated. Now, when people around you look at you, when people around you look at our church, do they see Jesus Christ in you through your love for one another? Let me ask you one more time. When people around you look at you, do they see Jesus Christ in you through your love for one another? That's very important. A lot of times we claim to have um, God's love and we say we love God. But a lot of times there's another question is, where's the evidence of that? So if we say that we have the love of Jesus Christ in us, do people see that in you? Look at verse um, look, look at verse 19, um, chapter 3. He said, "To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God." So to know the love of Jesus Christ that surpasses knowledge, right? So that we can be filled with the fullness of God. It is so hard for us to understand the fullness of God, right? But here's the evidence here that's talking about we can come close to that understanding when we're filled with God's love within us. Do people know that you're representing Jesus Christ in his kingdom? What is our church reputation? 
to our neighbors? What do, the, what do people see? Do they see unity or do they see division? Jesus said in John 13, 35, he said, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, which is, the, if the opposite is this, people will not know you that you are Jesus' followers or disciples if you don't have love for one another, right? Because the fact here is that people will notice that. People will see that you are Jesus' follower and disciples when you have love for one another. Ephesians 3.1 said this, For this reason, Paul became a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3.14 said, For this reason, Paul bowed his knees before the Father. This reason is that we may be one with God and one with one another in and through Christ in order to give God glory and to be effective in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me say it one more time. The reason that Paul became the prisoner of Jesus Christ, the reason that Paul bowed his knee before the Father is that we may be one with God. That's number one. And that we may be one with one another in and through Christ in order to do what? To give God glory. Amen? And because of that, we will be effective, effective, in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. No wonder why a lot of times churches have not been very effective. Do people see Jesus Christ in you? Do they see that you love one another? When we are one with God and with one another, we are representing Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Amen. What is the evidence of our union with God and one another? It is love, isn't it? It's love. Jesus said in John 15, 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. He also said in John 15, 12, he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's very important. Jesus said, love one another like how Jesus loved you. Have, have you really done that? Have you really loved others? Have you loved one another like Jesus loved you? When you love one another and then put your arm length like that, I'm, I, I know that, you know, during the COVID time you probably should, but I'm talking about, you know, hey, I love you, but, you know, I don't want to welcome you in my life. I love you, but at the same time, I, I, I hate your guts, right? Um, now, here's the thing. Is that kind of love that you receive from Jesus? Is the love that Jesus has given you and that you experience, is that kind of love that you experience when you, when you share with others? I know that it's easy to love the one that loves you, right? You can claim that. You can say, yeah, I absolutely have the love of Jesus Christ in me. Look at my family or or my 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 husband, my wife, my kids, or whoever they're close to me, I love them like Jesus loved me. Yeah, I can see that. But Jesus came down 
while we were still sinners, while we were still his enemies, and Christ came and died for us. Amen? That we, we were his enemies. How have you loved those that have a different opinion than you? How have you loved those that are different than you? They might not think like you. They might not hold into um, uh, the same platform that you do. How do you love them? Do you love them like Jesus loved you? Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. If you have experienced that love from Jesus Christ, I pray and hope that you love like Jesus. Paul knows that love is what unites us with God and one another. That is why he prayed that they will be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 17. And to know that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Verse 19. Now in Revelations, God also told John to write to the church in um, Ephesus. Okay. And you know that um, in Ephesians as we're reading is uh, Paul writing this. But now John, you know, God told John to say this to the church in Ephesus. He said, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. And God gives them two thumbs up and say, good job, good job. Is that it? No, there's a second part, right? God said, I don't doubt your love for me. I, I don't. I know that you love me. You even call out the false prophets, right? I, I know you love me. But the second part is this. But I have this against you. God said that. Do you want God to come to us and say that? Say, you know, you're doing good, but, you know, I have something against you. I don't want to be on that side that God is against me, right? But God said this to the church in, um, in Ephesus. He said, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. God knows that these people love him. But he's saying that he does not see the evidence of that love in the church. What about us? Are we like that? When people look at us, what do they see? Divisions, biting each other, tearing each other apart, or the love of Christ that comforts, that gives us peace and joy? What is the reputation of Blue Valley Baptist Church? Are we known to have a great team of elders and pastors? Are we known to be in a great location? Are we known to have great biblical knowledge and teaching? Are we known as helping people in our community? Great. Those are great things. We should celebrate all that. But when God looks at us, when God looks at us in our church, what are we known for in his eyes? I'm not asking about what we see. Asking what, what God see. 
Does he see the love that he'd given to us, that lives among us? Do we really understand Christ's love? Are we being rooted and grounded in his love? If we are, then we will understand much more about unity and harmony. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not accusing you of causing disunity. I'm challenging all of us as one body in Christ that we have to be careful not to cause division because Christ came to unite us. Amen? To know the love of Christ is not the love believers have for Christ, but the love of and from Christ that he puts in our heart to love God and others. Let me say that one more time. It might be too fast on that one. He said, to know the love of Christ is not the love believers have for Christ. Now, you're probably like, mm, what is that? But God already knows that, remember, in Revelation? It's not the love believers have for Christ, but the love of and from Christ that he puts in us, in our hearts, to love God and others. Amen? That is to know. It's just not the head knowledge. It's how you practice it, too. And that's what called wisdom. To be filled with all the fullness of God is like being connected to a reservoir that is always overflowing. God is love. And when we are filled with his love in our lives, we will love others from the abundance or fullness of God. Amen? We don't even have to try to love because our love will flow out to other naturally, and it will be genuine. Amen? If you connect it to that reservoir, which is God himself. So let me uh, finish with these challenges. In this year, 2020. Now, it's a perfect vision, isn't it? But yet, that's not how we feel this year, Right? At least it's for me that, you know, that's not how I felt. But it's such a great reminder that God is telling me. I say, aim. look, your focus is off. You have to refocus your attention, your attitude on me, on Jesus Christ. Not on the circumstances in your life. Not on what's going on in the world. Those things will happen. Have you refocus on Christ? It's a great reminder, isn't it? Help us to remind ourselves that, wow, how far have I gone the other way? Is Christ really my focus? Is it other things in my life that I, I see it seem to be more important than God? Jesus Christ must be Lord of our hearts. Amen. He must be Lord. He must be Lord of our heart. Is he the Lord by name? Or is he the Lord that's sitting 
on the throne in your heart? Ask that question. Since the love of Christ creates unity, first to bring us with God and bring us together as a family, we must be careful not to create division in his body. Amen? But create unity in and through his love for us and his church. Verse 20 in Ephesians here, it said that when we are filled with God's love in our lives, the power of God is at work within us. Do you want to experience the power of God in us? Live out that love that you profess to have at first. Then, verse 21, then in the church and in Christ, God is glorified. Amen? Do you want to live your life to glorify God? Connect to that love, the source of that love, and let it overflow to others. Again, God does not doubt your love for him. But at times, he does doubt your love for others. That including myself. Now, I want to um, challenge you. And ask you to please use this time um, to search your own heart. Um, and would like to invite you to, to bow your heads and close your eyes as we go to the Lord and seek his wisdom. In your own time, in your personal time with the Lord, have you already found this love that I'm talking about? If you have. I challenge you, live it out. Live it out. But if you have not, I encourage you to talk to our elders or pastor and learn more about it. But if you have found this love but yet have not lived it out, I challenge you to ask God to forgive you and to give you strength to live it out. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think that through, spend that time with the Lord.